So, we've been in a series, I think this is the fifth message in the series, and the last message in this series, entitled Unhindered. There's a lot of hindrances in life, a lot of things that bring people into bondage, but nothing more, nothing more than a life that is lived not understanding where you came from, who created you, and how you're put together. That's what we've been talking about in the last messages. When we don't understand who we are and whose we are and how we were formed and fashioned, when you don't understand that, then you live your life, you live your life on a journey attempting to find answers that you literally can't find. And I'll just tell you this. Some people don't believe this, but everybody in a flesh and blood body on planet Earth was created by God. Okay? And inside of them, the Bible shows us and it tells us that His blueprints for them are inside of them. Now listen to me. Every human being on planet Earth is looking for God. I'm going to say it to you again. Everybody on this planet is looking for God. They don't know it, but they are. Everybody is. And um, the God that I serve has revealed that to me. So my life today is not just all about myself. My life is about other people. So everywhere I go, I'm a dude magnet that is attracting people all the time because the, the magnetic force field of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me is drawing people to me because I have answers and I'll take the time to listen to them. I'll take the time. I'm not going somewhere on a mission all about myself and ignoring everything along the way. People need help. Say, say this. Whether you believe this or not, just say it anyway. It would be good for you to say it. I need help. The greatest revelation I've ever got in my life was that I needed help. I got born again when I was right before I turned 18. And I, and, and I got some word preached to me. So I thought I had it all down. And for probably five, six, seven years, I had it all figured out. And one day I kind of like hit a brick wall and realized, wait a minute. I'm not going to accomplish all that I want to in life on my own. I need some help. And, and it's funny because God sent to live inside of us a guy whose name is the helper. So I need help from the helper. And when you get help from the helper, then you find out who you are, why you're here, and what your purpose and plan is in life. And when you find that and you're comfortable in your own skin, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you, right? And then you can go in the presence of all different types of people all over planet Earth and you can be, you, you can be the difference for their life. You may just plant a seed in their life. You, you may be watering something that someone else sowed in their life, or you might be in a, in a time, and it's really fun when somebody comes in your life and all of a sudden you're picking the fruit. But don't camp out there because there's a lot of other people that maybe spit in your face and act a certain way or whatever that you need to lay it down and allow the love of God to flow through your life and, and be in a place where you're, where you're plowing and, and planting. 
and, or maybe you're watering. And sometimes those aren't some of the most exciting places or times to be in, but that's where God's placed all of us at different places and, and, and at different times. So wherever you go, whatever you do, no matter where your foot touches, it doesn't matter where journeys take you in life, God has people there that he needs you to be open to be a witness in whatever form or fashion that would be. And, you know, a lot of times, most people, they don't, they don't want to be preached to. They, they don't want you quoting scripture and verse. They just, you just need to love them. How many know if you just talk to somebody in five minutes, you can find out where they're at? Just listen. Just pay attention. What I'm talking about tonight, to, tonight it's kind of like night in here, but um, what I'm talking about today is about living a life unhindered from all the stuff that life wants to put on you and pull you down and into and keep you captive in. That's what we've been talking about. And so I'm going to end that today with a couple things that I, that I want you to see and read a, a, a pretty good passage out of the Message Bible that I think it will be very important. Um, just to review a little bit of what we talked about, First Thessalonians 5 is where we started. It's been our foundation scripture since, since we begin this series. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. <clears throat> and it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I, I truly believe that a person, and I'm saying this after 40 years of salvation, about living in the kingdom for 40 years. <clears throat> During that 40-year period of time, what I've learned and what I've begun to understand is that you cannot find out who you are and you cannot understand your purpose until you understand spirit, soul, and body. Because most people's focus is on this. Most people think this is who they are. And, and literally, th this, is, this is kind of like a suit that you live in. This is like a suit that you live in, and the you is the spirit. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, the Bible says that God created us in his image. He is spirit, and we've been created spirit. Now, the word spirit, a lot of times, has different meaning to different people depending on how you were raised or where you came from. Uh, some people use the word ghost, holy ghost, well, you know, some people think of ghost as Casper or something else, and, uh, but, but, but it's the nature of God, it's, it's who he is, it's, it's the way he thinks, it's his understanding, and when you realize you were created in his image just like him, that means you're one of his children, you were created like him, so you and I were created spirit first and foremost. We weren't created flesh. We were created spirit, and he created this flesh, this mind, will, and emotions to live and exist on planet Earth so that we could operate, so we could connect with him through our thinking and our thinking processes so that 
that our life would be ruled, God's intent was our life to be ruled spiritually so that our physical body would do what our spirit man said, not what our soul said, not what our unrenewed mind said. Everybody's come from somewhere in life. You've come from somewhere. So you've got a lot of storage of ideas, of ways of thinking, and what we're talking about today in ending this message is the key to living an unhindered life is understanding that your mind has to be changed on a day-to-day basis. I'm talking minute-to-minute basis. If you're not actively changing the way you think, then you're going to think according to the world, and listen to me, everything in the world is political. Everything. Um, I was, one day I was talking, I've had the privilege of being to Israel a couple of times and spent a week in both, week there a couple of different times. And the first time I went to Israel, you know, I went there thinking that the Palestinians were the enemy. And the reason I thought that way was because I thought that way because of political views of people. But when I got to Israel, I found a lot of the Israeli people that were friends with the Palestinians. And, and, and if you talk to somebody that is a Christian, that is all about Israel, a lot of times, you know, they, they have a real venom towards the Palestinian people. I'm not saying that the Palestinians haven't done wrong things. Anybody else know some other people on planet Earth that have done some wrong things, right? But, but when I got there, I was kind of shocked because some of the people that I was there with were talking about, you know, how the, 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 the Israelis are really working at bringing those walls down. See? But if you listen to the political view out there, I don't care whether you're, you're the left side here in America or you're in the right side or you're in the middle, political views will lead us astray. What we have to do is we have to develop a relationship with God and through the person, the helper of the Holy Spirit, learning to know how to hear His voice so that what we do and what we think is not based on just what everybody else thinks, but it's what He thinks. And and it takes time because, you know, I'm preaching a message to you today from the Word. I'm delivering to you Scripture and Word. We're going to read several verses here in a moment. And, and I'm, I'm delivering to you a message so you can say, well, okay, so why should I believe what you're saying? You should only believe what I'm saying if what I say you take and you go to the Word and God reveals it to you. Now, you gotta be, the Bible's clear. You've got to be confident in the people that bring you the Word. You do. And, and, and you know, I, I've never missed it. You know, in all the years I've been born again, I've, I've, hit it, I've hit the mark every single time. I've never missed it. And you don't know anybody else that's done that, right? you believe that's a lie? Amen. So everybody misses it, okay? Everybody doesn't see everything clearly. We see through a glass darkly, but, but that glass that we're looking through that has some darkness in it, it, it should be becoming lighter and lighter and lighter as the day goes. See, so we should understand things better all the time. God's anointed me. I'm a five-fold ministry pastor from, from what God's Word says, and so I'm bringing a word that I'm not trying to get you to think like I think. I want you to think how he thinks. See? So when you, when you hear what I preach and teach, you got to take it, and it's got to become real to you. See? God wants it 
to be real to you on a day-to-day basis. But if you don't spend as much time daily, weekly, monthly, you don't spend as much time learning to develop the way God thinks, you'll never change. Because the world and the political view is very loud and it's out there and it will talk you out of anything God wants to reveal to you if you don't purpose to say, you know what, okay, I don't understand this. I heard what pastor said today. I heard this teaching over here. I heard what they said. I don't understand it. But by faith, Father, I believe you're going to reveal it to me. That's why we got a helper, the Holy Spirit, to show us these things that sometimes are hard to understand. Anybody ever read anything in the Bible and you think, man, what the heck? Right? What the what is being said here? But if you spend time and you study it, anybody ever go to school and the first time you heard the teacher teach, you're thinking, you know, okay, man, that algebra, what the heck? What what, what are they even talking about? This to this power to that to this and what, what, what? But if you stayed with it, you learned it. Or you're supposed to, amen? If you stay with it, you'll learn it. If you'll stay with it in the kingdom, you'll learn it. If you, if you read things and, you, and you're having a difficulty with it, just stay with it because God created you and he wants you to understand him from his perspective. And if you stay with it long enough, I promise you, you will understand it because he's faithful to his word. Can you say amen to that? So, um, <clears throat> in Romans 12 and verse 1, I want to read these two passages. I'm just going to spend the rest of the time in these two passages in Roman, in Romans, because we're talking about um, the soul. We we want to be people that understand who we are, why we're here, and where we're going. And the only way that you can do that effectively is to understand who God is and understand it through His Word. And you know. Um, James 1 talks about being a doer of the word. But many, many people through the years have come to me and said, okay, but I don't understand what you mean by doing the word. You know, how how do you actively do the word of God? Okay, so here's the word in pages. And most people through the years talk about not being able to understand what's on, on the printed page. But how do you take what's in, the, in, in, in this book and do it? Excuse me. Um, and, the, and, and the best way to understand that is how do you get any information about any subject and then put that information to work? You know, if you're getting information about understanding how to fly an airplane and you go through the classes and, and you go do all the simulator training and all, the, all, all that needs to be done with that and, and, and you get to a place of, of then flying an airplane, it's because you took information and did something with it. When, when the Bible says, when the Bible instructs us that, and, and gives us a revelation about something that we're struggling with in life and he says, look, greater is he that's in you, who's, who's in me? The helper, the Holy Spirit, the person, the Holy Spirit's inside of me. The helper, the Holy Spirit's inside of me. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So what's in the world? Another form of thinking, another way of ideas and, and another pattern that's out there. God's got a pattern and then the world has a pattern, has a way of thinking. And he said, he said in there, greater is he, the Holy Spirit in you, than 
another way of thinking or the enemy that's in the world and his way of thinking. But the, the one inside of you is greater, so you have to spend time understanding how that operates and how that is and then put that to work. And that's not an easy thing to do. You've got to process that. You've got to work it out. And it's not easy to understand and to follow, follow through in. There's many, many people that are born again that don't understand this process. And if we don't understand this, then we miss the key in life to how to live our lives unhindered and not constantly upset about something all the time. We live in a society that is so emotional. Everybody's emotions are stirred up so much of the time. Everybody's upset about one thing or another. This constant stirring of emotions has got to settle. Amen? You've got to be able to have authority to calm your soul and say, you know what? We're going to get through this. We're going to overcome in this situation. I'm not letting this thing get the best of me. The world, one of the ways is in the, in the area and the arena of fear. The world has a lot of different ideas about fear, about being afraid of something. And, and the world's idea is that you learn to cope with fear. It's like something that you're never going to get free of. There's a lot of different things, a lot of, a lot of addictions that people have that the world teaches you can never get free of those things. But the Bible says whom the sun sets free is free. Amen? Who, who Jesus has come to liberate and set free is free indeed. Right? I, I'm, say this, I'm free. Now, the more you say that every day, even where you're not, you're not seeing it manifested in your life, your thinking will begin to realize, wait a minute, I, I don't have to stay like this. I don't have to stay in the bondage that I'm in. People... people work really hard at coping with fear when th- this, is, this is what God spoke to me many, many years ago. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God hasn't given me fear, but he's given me power and love and that of a sound and a well-balanced mind. That's what he's given me. So if God didn't give me fear, then, and, and it seems like I'm stooped in fear, and every, I'm afraid of everything. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of the, you know, all these different things. I'm afraid. And yet God's saying, now, now what, 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 what I'm going to teach you to do is to relinquish what I didn't give you. Let go of what I didn't give you and learn to take up what I did give you. So, so here's that verse of scripture. I'm going to say it like this. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of power. Right? He's given me a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound and a well-balanced mind. That sound and well-balanced mind is the key to living an unhindered life. I will not be free of submitting or allowing the culture of today's world to control me. I will not be free of the culture of the world until I understand God's culture and I'm, I'm beginning to be one that establishes God's culture in the culture that I live in. You're not, you're not here to change, you know, everything about Kerrville, Texas, if you live here or whatever city in Texas or around the world or wherever you live. You're not here, we're not here to change everything about the actual culture. We're here to set up new culture, new ways of thinking because culture is all about thinking. See, if, if you live in a culture where everybody's afraid, 
then, okay, you're not going to necessarily change the fear that's in everybody, but you can create a world where fear does not dominate you. Can you say amen? And, and the only way to do that is through the hearing of the Word of God, the meditating of the Word of God, the, the, the reading and, and, and developing this understanding of how God thinks. Because this book here is God speaking to you. He gave you the Holy Spirit, the helper, to take what's in here and reveal it to you so that it ministers to you where you're at. Because th there could be something I'm going through that Dale right here is not going through what I'm going through, so why would he need to hear everything that I'm hearing? No. But the same word will minister to somebody in different places because we have the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what we need. And that's what matters. And I, and I tell you, you know... What, what I'm talking to you about today is really elementary things. And I used to think that everybody got this until I realized there were some areas where I wasn't getting this. And then I realized, you know what? People don't necessarily understand this or get the importance of how you think determines your life. Everybody says, well, you know, God's in control. No, no. No, God puts you in control. See, God's in control based on his word. Hey, listen, God can do anything God wants to do. God step in and, you know, just put it, you know, put everything to nothing. If that's what he wanted to do. That's not what he wants to do. He loves us. But God will not step in. Remember, he gave us a helper, not a doer. Holy Spirit is not an enabler. He's a helper. The Holy Spirit will not raise your children, but he'll help you raise your children, right? Holy Spirit will not, he'll not fix a financial problem, but he'll help you get out of that. That's what we were created to do. You and I were created to get liberated and free so we're not hindered by the thinking of the world. But now we're living day to day in the way that God thinks. In the way God operates. Can you say amen? So in Romans 12 and verse 1. He said, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies. A living sacrifice. Wholly acceptable to God. Which is your reasonable service. <clears throat> Do not be conformed to this world. But transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and, and the perfect will of God. Now, listen to this and just follow along on the screen uh, in the Message Bible. <clears throat> so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That's what he wants us to do. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well, well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level 
of immaturity. The culture around you always dragging you down to their immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's what God does. How does he do that? Again, we go back to you and I having to understand what it means to embrace the word of God, meditate the word of God, and then learn to be a doer of that word. Um, Abraham's success, if you know about Abraham in the Bible, his success came when he realized that he couldn't wait around for things to change. He had to do something about it. And what he did in, in Romans chapter 4, what, what it talks about that he did is he called those things which be not as though they were. You and I have to learn how to develop a, a life and a relationship where I call myself well even if I don't feel well. I call myself delivered even when I don't feel that way. I, I, I declare over myself that I am free from fear, even when fear is trying to grip my life. See, what, what a lot of people don't understand is, because of, of society, society says you can believe something when you see it. God says you'll only see it as you develop a belief system. We have to believe it on the inside of us. Now, just me saying, I'm not going to fear, 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 I'm not going to fear. I'm that little caboose. I'm going to make it up the hill. I'm going to make it. 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 And, and, just, and just confessing something, thinking something's going to go away is wrong. Where my confession needs to be, what I need to be declaring is what God says is so. God will back up what he says is so, not me trying to create something through a confession. And if I confess it enough, then all my circumstances will change. Listen, the confession is to change the way I think. You want natural circumstances to change, you've got to change the way you think first. When I change the way I think, then I see my natural circumstances change. Because I plant, I water, and then what happens? God brings the increase that I need in my life. There's things that I want to see change today. But just hoping them away and, and, and making 14 confessions and hoping that's going to fix the situation, it doesn't work that way. It's not a magic show. It's a soul issue. And listen to me, your soul is not your brain. It's not your blood-pumping brain. It's the part of you, it's, it, it's one of the three parts of you that is vital to the development of who you are spiritually. So listen to me, that what my flesh does, I do because my spirit man says it's okay, not my unrenewed mind trying to convince me it's okay, just go do whatever you want. And people live this life thinking that you can do whatever I want and God will forgive me. He will. Absolutely will. But the consequences don't stop. Listen, God's forgiven you before you mess up. He died one time. Jesus died one time for all people. He, you're, you're forgiven before you, 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 you screw up. Did you hear me? But it doesn't change the consequences in life. That's why we have to change our actions, and you'll never change your actions till you change your thinking. And he's saying here, don't allow yourself to be dragged down to the immaturity of the culture out there, but let's set the tone for a new culture of, of how God lives. I want to live right because I want to. 
I want to want to. I don't, I don't want to be made to do it and feel guilty if I, don't do, if I do something wrong. Listen, God's forg- God forgives you. People may not, but God does. And he didn't, he didn't just forgive you, you know, up to six and a half, maybe the seventh time. It doesn't matter how many times he forgives you. Because God's in it for you to get set free and liberated in your life. Amen? God does not want you hindered. By this life and what this life says you can have or what you can do. You can do anything God says. There are no limits. There's no ceiling up here to what God wants to do in our lives. But we got to tap into his destiny and his purpose for us. Because I'll just tell you this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I can't do all things. Ah, There's not anything I can't do. That's not necessarily true. I can do all things that he tells me to do through his power and ability because that's what he wants me to do. But not me trying to accomplish anything and everything that I want to do. Well, that sounds good. Well, so-and-so did that, so I think I will. We've got to learn not to live that type of a life. There may be things that you're doing today that that's not what God's purpose and plan for you is. And you know what? Don't be afraid of that, man. Just do what you're doing until God reveals new things to you. There may be things that you're operating in today that that's not exactly what God's ultimate plan for your life is, and I'm telling you, he's got the blueprint, and he's got the plan for you to accomplish great things. There's not anybody that was ever created not to be great. Say it, I'm great. And that greatness comes in our lives as we change our thinking and as we change who we, we believe ourselves that we are. Amen? Go back to Romans 8. <clears throat> and I want to read this. I want to read the first four verses. We read this last week, and then I'm going to, I'm going to end with this passage right here today. Um, <clears throat> there is therefore now, verse 1, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's a lot said there. We, the last few weeks, go download and listen to the, the, the previous messages where we talked about this. But, but there's a lot said there. But, but I want to get to the next few verses to kind of end and bring to a conclusion why the soul is the key for our lives. We have what he's talking about in those first four verses there. We have the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ and the law of sin and death. There's a, there's, and, and both of those are a thinking. It's a way of thinking. This, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the liberty and the freedom that Christ paid for for us to be set free. The law of sin and death is the way of the world and the thinking of the world that wants to trap us and, and pull us down to its immaturity and the bondage that's, that's related to that. God wants you and I free. So there's these two worlds or these two ways of thinking that are going on in the world. And, and he said that this, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, okay, was intended to bring the liberty and freedom from this law of sin and death as you and I get the revelation as we change our thinking. That's what he's saying right there. 
So in verse 5, I'm going to read from the, the message for the next few verses. Follow with me here. Those who think that they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open into a spacious and a free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing, and God isn't pleased at being ignored. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, I love the way he says this. Just watch these next two verses. If God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking of more of yourself than of him. Is that true? Okay, but how does God take up residency inside of you? Here's the key. How, is, how does he have place in your life? It's through this. This has to become a revelation. It has to become a way of life. It has to be a go-to for you. It has to be final authority in your life, something that you're drawn to, you, you, where you make decisions based on what he thinks. And when I don't know what he thinks and I'm confused and I'm not understanding, that I don't just go out and make decisions, that I be, become patient until I know what is God's will and what his place is. He said, anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, they're all out there. Things come against us. You yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself, bringing you alive to him. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he dwells inside of us, then he's going to cause things to happen on the inside of us if we allow his word to become a part of us. See, that, that's, that's a lot of times where people miss it. And, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to overdo or overemphasize this today, but I want you to catch this. People think that God is going to do something to fix something in their life, and it just doesn't work that way. God's already done everything God is going to do. Now, what we're learning to do is to be on the receiving end of all that God has done. And then what we're doing, and that's what the first four verses of Romans just, that we just read says. That the manifestation of what Jesus accomplished, now it comes through us who believe this and apply it and we put it to work. See, it's not going to just have, God's not going to just do something that he's already done. 
He wants us enforcing what he says is so, and when we enforce what he says is so, then we see all these things begin to manifest and accomplish. If we're sitting around waiting for God to do something, we're in the wrong position. We need to be actively listening to him, learning from him, gleaning from him, and then putting to work our, our belief system and our belief force out there on a day-to-day basis. I choose to believe that God's liberated me from fear, that I have a spirit of, of love and a sound mind, a well-balanced mind. I choose to believe that. I'm not going to give in to this fear in this situation. I refuse to tolerate this situation right here or here. God wants you and I applying his word in those type of situations day to day. And when we do that, then we, get, we have the privilege and the honor of being on the receiving end of everything that God has for us. That's what's vitally important. God doesn't want you and I to live a hindered life, right, where we're constantly under the bondage and under the thumb of what other people think, which actually is ruled by the enemy. Satan is a, is a real enemy. He's out there, and he's a real enemy, and he, and he wants to deceive people, but, but he comes masked and dressed in a lot of different forms and in a lot of different ideas that you and I have to know how to discern the difference in and shut those, thoughts, those thought processes down so that we can live on the receiving end of all that God has for us. Amen? God has done amazing things for us, and we don't want to live this life not receiving all that he has for us. I mean, it, 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 it's a magnificent life to live in the kingdom of God, and we don't want to live short of that. Those last two verses, verse uh, 12 through 14, you have that in the Amplified? I mean, in the, in the message. So don't see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's Spirit beckons There are things to do and places to go. Verse 13. That that was 12 and 13. That's right. Okay. Uh, go, Go back to that. So what he said, God's spirit beckons. We don't we don't owe this world of do it yourself, he says here, this this obligation to the things of the flesh. Listen to me. You you everybody's got obligations here, but first and foremost. God wants you to get your focus and attention off of your natural obligations and over on being obligated to the Spirit who wants to reveal to you and help you meet all the natural obligations that you have. I'm not, you know, you leave here today and say, well, you know, Pastor said, you know, I can do whatever I want, act however I want, and treat whoever I want to, and I'm not obligated to any of those kind of things. No, I didn't say that. I just said, so much of the time we're so focused on natural things that are not working out. You know, bills that aren't paid and 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 people that you've promised things to and you're not able to follow through in it and I mean there's all kinds of things that people are in bondage to like that and and you trying to do it yourself to get out of the bondage you're in it'll never work what God is saying is yeah stay committed to honoring those obligations but be obligated first and foremost to me and I'll help you remember he's the helper remember say say, I need help Everybody needs help with what you're in or what you're struggling with and how you need out. He'll help you. 
and give you the wisdom and understanding you need to get free of that so you're not controlled by those natural things, right? But I promise you, you'll never, as it said right there, you'll never do it yourself. Give that, give that do-it-yourself mentality and idea a burial. Shut it down. Give it no place. And allow your life to be connected to hearing the voice of God and learning to do what God says. Can you say amen to that? So today, I want you to think about two things. Number one, I want you to think about every day developing certain things that you say over yourself regarding your mind. One of the things or a few things that I say over myself every day is I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God and I do what God says. I say that over myself, other things that I say, but I tell myself that every day and I've said that over myself for years and years. I say the same thing that I've said for years and years. I add things and take away things at different times, but I've always said that. I have the mind of Christ, I think the thoughts of God, and I do exactly what God tells me to do. And, you know, that doesn't mean that I do everything perfect every day, but I'm reminding myself and I'm hearing myself declaring what's important to God. God wants me to think his thoughts. He wants me to operate in his mind and his understanding because my mind apart from his can do absolutely nothing, but with him I can do everything. He said, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. All things. Not just some things, but all things. But we've got to think like him first. Can you say amen? So develop confessions like that and allow it to be a part of who you are. Number two, you know, I've been doing this for a while. I've done this through the years at different times. But take 1 John the book of 1 John, it's, it's just five chapters, five short chapters. And for a certain period of time, read it every day. Just read the book of 1 John every day. You say, well, why? I'm not going to tell you why. Just do it every day. And you might, in a month from now, tell me, you know what, I've been doing that for the last 30 days. And then you, just, you, you may see me in the hallway or something after church. Just tell me what happened. As you read the book of 1 John. Again, what, what I'm helping you with is developing a culture, a lifestyle, where you're not hindered by the world, but you're unhindered. And you're, you have the power and the ability to do in life what God wants you to do. But you'll never do it when you're not thinking like God. We, we think, well, you know, I'm born again, and I'm, I might be spirit-filled, I have this or that, that or whatever. But I, but I promise you today, I promise you, If you're not thinking like God, you'll never fulfill his plan and purpose that he had for your life. So remember, I have the mind of Christ, I think the thoughts of God, and I do what God says. And read 1 John for a a number of days, maybe a week, two weeks, a month. Maybe you'll read it for the rest of the year every day. It doesn't take a long time. I mean, you you can probably read it depending on how fast of a reader you are. You can probably read it in 15 minutes. But it will do you good in helping you see the way God sees you. Amen? In helping you see yourself the way God sees you. That's that's what's got to change. You're not a loser. Fear doesn't grip and rule your life. You weren't created to be less. You were created to live on top. You weren't created to live under the problems of life. You were created to live on top of them. Amen? 
I'm not, I'm not just a hearer of the Word of God, but I hear the Word of God and I'm a doer of that Word. All these positive, these positive quotes and ideas that come from the Word of God have to become a part of our life to live an unhindered life.